Hi, welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. In the last episode, I covered the topic of people-pleasing and the gentle art of saying no. I talked about what it means to be a people-pleaser, how to know if you're a people-pleaser, my past experiences with people-pleasing and saying no, and how I've learned to say no to the things I don't want in my life. If you haven't heard it already, you should definitely check it out. In this episode, I'll cover why we self-sabotage. I'll talk about what causes us to self-sabotage, a fear that I have that causes me to self-sabotage, how self-sabotaging affects our relationships, careers, and even personally. I'll be covering past stories and experiences on the topic. So, why do we self-sabotage? Why do we do it? Why do people always say, We are our worst enemy and harshest critic. Why do we take it upon ourselves and act harshly and critically to ourselves when things don't go the way they're supposed to? Some will say it's because of past trauma, past experiences, their history that causes them to feel this way, to overthink situations and not have any expectations because nothing in their past went right. So what makes this situation any different? I know a lot of my friends have told me that this was the case. A lot of why they self-sabotaged was because it was a repeat in their past. It was consistent, so they didn't expect anything different. Before recording this episode, I actually googled what self-sabotage means. The definition reads, Sabotage is the act of destroying or undermining something often in a covert manner. Usually it implies direct and deliberate involvement on the part of saboteur. The word is most commonly used in relation to spying or in business situations where an insider is causing the damage. And therefore, the term self-sabotage is when the destructive behavior is directed at yourself. What causes us to self-sabotage? I know what causes me to self-sabotage. I know I start to physically harm myself when things don't go the way I plan. As I've mentioned in several episodes on my podcast, or if you're new, welcome. I'm happy to rehash. I am a perfectionist, something I've been working on since I was in middle school. I like to think that I was just born a perfectionist, but I can recall certain times, even in elementary school, where I'd throw fit if things didn't go the way I wanted to. My mom would tell me stories where I would be so bitter and grumpy when I didn't get the candy or the toy I wanted, or if we were shopping and I spotted a chocolate bar and if my mom didn't get it for me, I would put on my grumpy face. This grumpy face, let me tell you, made it on several I don't mean like five, I mean several photos in my family photo album. There are so many occasions where I'm just putting on a pouty face when everyone around me is smiling for the camera. My family jokes with me that that's where I get my stubbornness, and it's probably true. That's when Grace didn't get her way, my sister usually points out. I look at those photos, the ones where my family is smiling, the background is beautiful, And then there's me, arms folded, pouty face, crinkled nose, narrowed eyes, 
puffed out lips, about to burst into tears or scream my head off at something. I also knew I was a perfectionist in middle school when it bothered me when my friends wouldn't follow through on the plans I wanted to do. I would find it offending when I had this grand plan in my head for certain activities or things I wanted to say at certain times and then it not happen the way I wanted. I couldn't fathom not having control of the situation. I think that's where it mainly began. It started as a control thing. If you listen to my episode in my faith series where I talk about finding light in my darkest moments, you'll hear more about my biggest struggle with eating. Control is what I aimed for. And when it didn't happen, I would take it upon myself. And I'd blame myself for the things that I couldn't control. I think a lot of us struggle in that, the blame game, where we will blame ourselves and take it in internally. And the blame starts affecting our minds, activates some sort of mental thought that we aren't deserving of this, we should be punished, this is our fault, we aren't good enough, we aren't pretty, we aren't uh, smart. And then it becomes some sort of trigger At least, that's how it felt for me. When things didn't go as planned, my trigger was activated. And what do you do when your mind is constantly telling you that you aren't worthy of things? You believe it. It makes sense that as we deal with the curveballs life throws our way, we self-sabotage because we're used to things not working out. I know There have been instances where I'll work really hard at something and then fail at it because of my own negative thinking. I'll start feeling anxious and stressed and overthink it and then feel even more discouraged and frustrated with myself and thus cause it to not even happen. I'm trying to actually think of an occasion where that's happened. I know there are a lot of instances, but for some reason, I'm blanking. There might have been one in college where... Actually, I do have one. My freshman year of college. I spent a semester working at the Daily Tar Heel as a photographer. At the time, I was gaining a lot of attention from my blog, Gracefully Made, on the internet and around campus and people had known me for the fashion blogger who took photos around campus. I had my first DSLR camera with me at the time, an investment I made when I purchased my domain name to really get my blog up and running. The Daily Tar Heel, a well-known daily student newspaper that covered the university, local, national news, And, oh, of course, can't forget, UNC basketball. I was ecstatic when they offered me a position as a photographer. I, for starters, was not a photographer at the time. You know, I just had my DSLR camera. I was really good at editing photos, but I was getting used to my camera and the settings still. 
everything I did learn from it was self-taught. So I went in the Daily Tar Heel office with confidence because I knew if I had taught myself how to use the camera, edit photos, and figure out how to blog strategically, I figured I would be fine working at the student-run newspaper. My experience working there was very time-consuming. These people, let me just tell you, these people joined the paper to only work on the paper. I remember wanting to spend time with friends one weekend, but the paper needed me to cover content. These people lived, breathed, and ate the Daily Tar Heel. I was definitely not up for that sort of commitment, especially my freshman year. But moving on with the story, I remember there was a junior photographer position open and I was starting to enjoy shooting content. I remember applying for it in hopes that I would get the position. But the more I kept thinking about it, the more and more I felt like I wasn't qualified. I kept insisting to myself that I didn't want to commit to this because I wouldn't be able to enjoy my freshman year like everyone else. I wasn't sure if photography was even my thing. I mean, what was my thing? Did I really think that I was that good at photography? Let's be real, Grace. You just pose in front of the camera. You're not behind it for your blog. Did I really think that I had what it took to be a photographer? What if I wouldn't be able to deliver what they wanted? What made them think I was good enough to move up? All of these thoughts flooded my mind. I even started to overthink it and eventually told them I didn't think I was a good fit for the position and backed out. And not just backed out, but actually left the Daily Tar Heel. I was only there for a semester. But quitting the newspaper also made me realize that, one, I had self-sabotaged something that could have actually happened and I mentally destroyed the opportunity. And two, maybe photography wasn't really my thing and it was good to at least try it in order to know. Memories like those really do help me understand a lot about myself. I'll reflect on times when, where I've done this or said that, and then remember why I felt that way in that moment, and then come back to it from a stronger mentality and put the pieces together. I do my best not to regret any of my past memories, even if they were mistakes. The mistakes are what brought me this sort of thinking, so I can thank my mistakes for that. You know what I'm good at? I'm good at listing out all the things I lack. Lack of confidence at times. Insecurities that haunt me every other day. Past trauma that has warped my thinking. And other things that derail me from my path. In fact, I focus a lot on my failures than my successes. I'll have friends who will call to congratulate me on something I've done, and I'll nitpick something else like, thanks, but I could have also done this part better or worked on this. I find myself nitpicking the parts I didn't do as well. 
This also reminds me of the time when I won the Influencer of the Year Award in 2018 for her campus. It was their first ever awards, and winning Influencer of the Year was something I did not take lightly. It was a very big deal for me, and I mean, it, it, st- it still is. I still think about the awards and the ceremony and all of that, and it's, it still is very surreal that that even took place. The award ceremony was a part of the her conference in LA. As one of the six, or was it eight, I forget, winners, I was flown out to LA to accept the award at the conference and give a little speech. The speech part was what really got me. I had no problem walking out on stage and accepting the award, but a speech? It's like everything else they had said flew out the window and I was anxious and nervous thinking about this speech. It's basically a 30 second speech you can say when you accept the award. Or less, the influencer collective manager told me. 30 seconds? I was trying to think of all the things that I couldn't do in 30 seconds because 30 seconds was a long time. Could I even hold my breath in 30 seconds? I was like, starting to think of all the things that you know I couldn't do it in 30 seconds and I'm like what and and I'm like what if I freeze and all of these thoughts just left me brain dead and I tried to maintain my composure I don't know why but public speaking makes me nervous and I have no reason to be but it still just makes me feel like I'm gonna forget my lines or forget what I'm gonna say I think I self-sabotage anytime I speak in public because I fear that I won't say what it is I want to say or I'll stutter or blank or look like an idiot because I'm nervous. I can recall times in college where I even took a, I think it was a speech class where we had to literally say speeches as part of our assignments and I would be freaking out every single time, like the day before a speech, and just not trust in myself and just end up memorizing my note cards instead of reciting it in the way that I would know it because I just didn't trust myself. Um, I felt the same way speaking for an influencer panel for New York Fashion Week at Limbs College and also another influencer panel for her campus at Hudson Yards. Both times, I knew what the topic was about, and I was up there for a reason. They obviously confided in me to know what I was talking about and was successful at what I created with my platform. And if that was the case, why was I doubting myself? Back to the story for the Influencer of the Year Award. I remember starting to feel anxious again when I knew I was next to be called up on stage. The other girls seemed to be relaxed and said their speeches and walked off casually, but I was trying to memorize what I should say beforehand. But then, what if I botch my memorization? What if I miss a word? What if I miss a line? Why didn't I have confidence in myself to know what I was talking about? This was literally like a thank you speech. I should know what, who and what I am thankful for. 
I was starting to get frustrated that I wasn't able to trust myself to speak in public and just feared the worst. When I was called up, I went on stage, accepted the award, and said my thank yous to the followers, family, friends, and then I remember my little memorization speech and fear started to creep in a little. I remember at that moment I was saying, providing me, and then quickly shook my head with a smile and said, allowing me to be up here. In my mind, I was already starting to feel the self-sabotage sinking in. Almost like a I told you so way. In a I told you you'd mess up eventually. And that's just it. That is what causes me to self-sabotage. The fear of failure. The fear of something not going right. Has anyone ever dealt with a situation similar to that? Where we fear that we will give all we have to a goal and still not be enough. Why? We feel it is easier to give ourselves reasons as to why we failed than to truly give it our all and still not succeed. What about relationships? How does self-sabotaging affect our relationships? I'm speaking about something I'm a little hesitant to share, and that is the fear of getting too close. I've experienced a lot of heartbreak and pain with dating guys in my past years, and every time things end badly, I build this wall. I get very guarded, and I'm closed off to someone until I can really feel comfortable with them and trust them. I'm curious to know how many of you have had first serious relationships or a childhood or even parenting pasts that have had an effect on how you act now. What's so crazy is I used to swear that I would never, ever talk about this in public to anyone. I was so careful with that. And here I am that I am talking in front of you guys. Well, technically I'm talking in front of my computer and on a mic and staring at my wall. But you know what I mean. The fact that this is you you guys are hearing this and it's just so fascinating to see how my mindset has changed even with me opening up about my unhealthy eating habits i wrote in my journals that the day i shared and opened up about any of this would be the day that i lost my mind pretty much how i would word it a day of failure for not being strong enough to hold it in But over the years, I've started to feel like these things should be talked about. Why do we shy away from the taboo topics, especially if they can help someone else who is also struggling? That's what I think about. And with this, especially self-sabotaging in relationships, I fear rejection. I've always been embarrassed to say it, but there's a part of me that fears getting rejected. I felt it and dealt with it all my life in different aspects and rejection just makes me feel like I'm not worthy enough for either that person or that thing instead of the other way around. It's become an instinct that takes place in my mind every time I can feel myself getting rejected. 
I think the fear of rejection also causes me to self-sabotage. I know that's the same for others, including the fear of abandonment and fear of engulfment. Many of us fear that we will lose ourselves, our identity to others, that we won't be able to make the decisions ourselves. That's how I sometimes feel about commitment. If I'm not 100% feeling it and 100% feeling confident with my decision, then I'll be hesitant to commit. I'll avoid it until I am sure. I think I've felt this at many instances in my life where I was so sure, but the other person wasn't. Also at times when the other person was sure and I wasn't. But with relationships, it has to be mutual. I could speak on relationships for an entire series and let me know if you would like me to actually. Um, that would be some good feedback. But I also think that we spend a lot of time trying to convince ourselves that the relationship is perfect, even when it's not. Or the other way, where we will be critical to why the relationship is not perfect instead of how the other person makes you feel and all the other things that make a, a relationship a relationship and not just what you envision it to be. Such as finding that perfection in a partner, even when you know that perfection is impossible. What about careers? I can speak on this because there have been many instances in my life where I'll still, even now, feel like I'm not good at what I do. Or why me? When I have people reaching out to me for social media consulting and tips on how to grow their social, I'll sometimes find myself wondering, do I even have what it takes? And that kind of mindset will already set you back before you even begin. It only happens when things don't feel like they're progressing. When I feel stuck or feel like I don't know what I'm doing or where I'm going with my career. I know friends and colleagues who have self-sabotaged their careers because they also think they're unworthy of the position or moving up in their company. I know a lot of us doubt ourselves at times, but ever since I came across this Pinterest quote that read, you spend most of your time in your head, make sure it's a nice place. I always knew that no matter what, when your mindset changes, everything changes. Your behavior changes, your mood changes, and even the way you respond changes. It's incredible how it can be a flip of a switch in your mind that can get you out of the most darkest and lowest places. So with careers, I kind of covered my experiences through my self-sabotage at the Daily Tar Heel. Just remember that the next time you start to feel yourself self-sabotaging your career, Remember the journey that got you there, the hard work, the sleepless nights, the grind and hustle that got you to where you are and to get this job. Remember that you, remember that you do know what you're doing and you are capable of doing so much more. I know that sometimes we need those verbal reminders to flip that switch back on. 
What about personal reasons? We self-sabotage our personal endeavors because we've internalized certain thoughts and consciously chose to act against them. Let's be real. Our personal reasons are things that we value more deeply and therefore we'll be more critical to it. We'll hold ourselves accountable for things not going the right way and then prevent them from happening because we're so fearful of the failure than the success that we ironically cause the failure. I know that perfectionism is a huge factor as to why I cause my own self-sabotage. I'll either convince myself to wait for the right time or believe that things need to be perfect before moving forward. But perfectionism is an impossible standard that will always get in the way. I love this one quote by author Elizabeth Gilbert. You need to learn how to select your thoughts just the same way you select your clothes every day. This is a power you can cultivate. If you want to control things in your life so bad, work on the mind. That's the only thing you should be trying to control. No matter what, self-sabotaging sets you up to fail in so many ways. Through your relationships, careers, and even personally. I always point out mentally that it's the negative thinking that kicks the self-sabotaging. If my thoughts start to go there, I know now to challenge it, to not let it continue heading down that path. Don't let self-sabotaging behavior undermine your success and prevent you from being the person you are. I hope this was helpful to listen to. I know that I could go on and on about all the times I've self-sabotaged in different aspects of my life, but I'd love to hear from you. If you have any stories or memories you'd like to share or anything to talk about self-sabotage, really, please send me an email at grace at gracefullymade.com or a DM over on my Instagram at bygracely. I'd love to hear from you. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode in the series, The Number Games We Play. And what exactly does that mean? Well, I'll talk about the numbers we tend to obsess and focus heavily over in our lives, whether that's our weight and size, followers and likes on social, and money. They all fall under the category of what I like to call the number games. This episode will consist of a lot of my past history, experiences, and just an overall discussion. Thanks for tuning in.